What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Dev Talks with your host, Travian, where we talk about everything engineering and technology-wise. Just want to say welcome back. Hope you guys had a wonderful week. If you haven't checked out last week's episode, go check it out. And this week, it's just going to keep doing better, and we're going to keep striving for what we do. So this week, we have a lot of news from a bunch of different tech companies and stuff, so we're going to go over them, really see how long it takes. Uh, it shouldn't be too much, uh, not as much as some of the recent episodes, but I want to just say thank you for all your support so far. It's greatly appreciated. Um, really appreciate it so much. You don't know understand how much. Please keep sharing. Keep Please keep liking. Leave your comments on anything, any types of advice, anything of the accord, any hot takes. Drop them down below. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to help out the algorithm. And let's dive into this wonderful episode. So, honestly, I believe we have a great episode today. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I really don't get to talk about much. And... I seen a bunch of news, so I'd, I've had this week planned in advance already, So, and this is the week before my birthday, so this is just going to be a nice, calm little stuff, talk about some things that we've been talking about already this year, but also probably some same companies, but different news. Um, so today we got some news about AMD, we have talking about AMD, NVIDIA, we're going to talk about Elon and Tesla, or whatever, and we're also going to talk some more about Google, which is Alphabet and Microsoft. So not really too much stuff. I do want to go over some new Vision Pro stuff, but that may be on the private channel. If you're not subscribed to the private channel, go look up Travian Holly. I'm going to leave the link in the description. That's where all the vlogs and other videos will be going at that aren't podcast material. So more of my unboxings for tech and a bunch of other stuff will all be in there. And You'll get to see more of in my life and things like that because I'm going to be recording another vlog. I have two out already and I have one more that I'm in the middle of recording. Uh, I'm trying to do a vlog every other week on that channel. So and then I'm trying to have content that I want to build up to drop on the opposite weeks. So it would alternate kind of like that. Um, it, it's just just my little channel all right so but don't forget to like comment subscribe the first thing we're going to talk about is some cloud information and some numbers because who don't like numbers as i said we want to learn stuff from many different perspectives and news sources so we have a few videos basically on how microsoft is doing in the cloud and stuff so if we come over here to see we have uh, Microsoft res revenue rising. I haven't watched any of these videos in depth or really at all. I want to really get you my live reactions on all of this stuff. So this talks about how the cloud growth, talking about their cloud growth and comparing it to other businesses and things. One that probably we should look up is um, Amazon's. But let's go through these videos before we do any extra searching and things and just see what they have to say. Microsoft reported earnings right after the market closed, and we did have a revenue-beating analyst estimates, the bottom line beating analyst estimates as well. But the stock is falling in after-hours trading. Let's get more insight now from Anurag Rana. He is Bloomberg Intelligence senior technology analyst. Um, in terms of the numbers, it looks like Microsoft delivered, but perhaps not by as wide margins as maybe investors had expected, given the movement in the stock up 8.3% so far this year. Yeah, I would say broadly their you know, results met expect expectations to slightly exceeding them. But the big factor with Microsoft, as it is in almost every quarter that we follow, is what's going to be the guidance for next quarter. I think that's really the most important part right now, because what we are seeing after two quarters of stabilization in cloud results, now the question is, do they, do they pick up or not uh, in the second half or the second fiscal year, fiscal half for, for Microsoft? What actually causes that pickup on Iraq? I mean, what do they hang their hat on? Yeah, there are two factors. One of them is companies or corporations who have been cutting back on cloud spending for the last one and a half to two years, they come back and increase their cloud consumption. The second big key factor is increased contribution from AI workloads. So if you're going to use more chat GPT, you know, Azure makes more money on the back end. So this gets us to a broader question here about the strategy around AI, the integration into the back office, the integration obviously into some of those forward-facing products like the uh, whatever that new uh, office suite is going to look like here when they uh, release it here. But where do you see the most potential for them to monetize this? 
Yeah, Romain, for the next 12 to 18 months, the biggest contribution is going to come in the in Azure, Microsoft Azure, or the cloud infrastructure product. That's the back end of uh, chat GPT and other workloads. After that, we expect to see more contribution from these co-pilot products that you're talking about because they just came out, there was a big base. It's going to take some time for them to contribute. But you know, we are very optimistic that in the long run, Microsoft is probably better positioned than any other software company out there to capitalize on this increasing demand for Gen AI workloads. What would Microsoft have to say in uh, the earnings call later on that would restore investors' faith that it deserves the valuation it has right now? So Azure growth came in at about 28% in constant currency. Microsoft guidance needs to be you know, 28 and above for them to basically you know, either recover or even you know, stay slightly negative because as you said, over the last um, you know, several months, Microsoft stock has done fairly well, so expectations are high. And I mean, all of that hinges on that Azure guidance at this point. So there's more on this. But basically, when it comes to one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because of the overall cloud growth thing. And I feel like this is very important. And especially for this whole AI stuff and how big Microsoft has been recently, um, they weren't expecting cloud growth like this. Personally, I've worked with a lot of cloud environments and things. Uh, and from my experience, I don't think Microsoft is top one or two when it comes to the cloud infrastructure and stuff, just from my experience. If you guys experience something way differently in your tech jobs and roles and stuff like that, let me know. Because just in my experience, I just don't, I don't see it in that aspect much for them. I would say they're probably three. If anything, they're still probably top three in the cloud thing. But I figured after this last year, their cloud numbers would have went up. And I say that because they, you heard him talk about it in the episode, in the video right there. He was talking about how ChatGPT uses the Azure cloud form and all of that other stuff. If they have such this popular pipeline and a lot more people are trying to use their like AI systems off of it, then it would make sense. But I bet you a lot of other companies are using Amazon and Google's cloud numbers more. And we're we have some more um, details around the. Uh, details around Google's numbers too, because this whole segment is going to be strictly about the cloud usage and things. But this I is think more they on it. Print this press release off and conference call and put it in the loop. I mean, if you look, the the cloud numbers here are off the charts. Copilot, remember, this is all about AI. Copilot, you have over a million customers right now from a subscriber perspective. Enterprise are lining up monetization's here this is just the start of the revolution right. i think this is as bullish as we could have expected dan i go out three years i was talking with our great joel levington this morning about you know the timeline out i want you to be an adult i don't care about the next trading day i don't even care how we get microsoft to valentine's day <laughs> give me 2026 where is this juggernaut then I think it's somewhere between four to five trillion. I mean, but Tom, let's just put some numbers around it. Please. There's an incremental hundred to 125 billion of cloud revenue, not reflected in street numbers. If you put that into EPS, I mean, you're really essentially looking at what could be an incremental three right. to four dollars of EPS. That's now reflected in the stock. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I was on the conference call and I said to Sacha, I said, don't get rid of Diablo 4. But you know, <laughs> tell me about Activision, because I looked at the free cash flow explosion and everybody's been out of shape about the revenue of Activision. I'm looking at the profit. So this is um this this all ties into like last week's episode and everything for the most part. Uh, what he's about to get into right here, because. What do we have here? We have him bring up the whole AI and co-pilot stuff. I, the co-pilot just crossed my mind. It it literally went um, left. They have they have Microsoft has so much advantages that use their cloud systems and stuff like that. They're and they're estimating less. Um, if they're going to be estimating less than what their revenue actually is, or how much more of their revenue are they expecting? These people are expecting them to do so much more better and inflated. It could be 
these inspections were high because of the co-pilot using the cloud and the ChatGPT, OpenAI using their stuff and all the other use cases and things of that sort. That could be high. And then you have to think of all the acquisitions they just got recently. And are, the, are all those companies switching over to their cloud systems and things like that? That all plays a part in revenue and all of that as well, too. And they're about to go into the gaming stuff. Yeah, we know their gaming division has gone through some trouble because, look, they um they just did layoffs. They literally just did layoffs uh, not too long ago. So, I mean, it's it all takes a toll and everything, but it stuff happens, man. Stuff happens. Uh, and they're and they're gonna dive into all their gaming stuffs like Blizzard, Blizzard, Activision. I put them together. I said Blizzard. That would be wild if them two did a merger and that was what the name was. But hey, that's what they they're building constantly. So personally, I'm feeling like it can be two things. Maybe they were estimating higher than they thought they could. Or others and their investors are estimating higher because of all the recent um, stuff that's gone across between Microsoft. I didn't put them in my top five companies last year, but in the beginning of this year, when I really thought about it more, I feel like they probably should have been there. But maybe this year, maybe this year, um, they'll be on the top five list. If you haven't checked it out, this is the first podcast episode of this year. So uh, let's just hear more about what they have to say from day one, it's larger than what we would call Windows business. What does profit at Activision do out two years, three years? Well, I, I think it's really about the cross-sell opportunity. I mean, that that's something that probably could increase another 20, 25% for me. From, from a profitability perspective, that's just going to give them more and more of a talent because in the, in the scheme of things, it's a rounding error, you know, relative to the overall business. And like, look, how much it says Microsoft will be worth four to five trillion dollars. Let me just see something real quick. We're going to we're going to do some research with us. Uh, is my controller is my thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh. Google's net worth is a staggering $1.5 trillion. 1.5. See, Amazon. $1.77 trillion. So, and how much is Microsoft worth now? Three trillion. So this is a believable number that they can get to. If they're keeping up everything that they've been doing recently based off what they're looking at, they're already worth three trillion. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. They they're worth already double what Amazon and Google's worth. You can put Amazon and Google together and they're worth more than them. Microsoft. Between all their acquisitions, they're doing something right. Obviously, they're doing something right. That might actually, they might be the company to be. Honestly, I, maybe I was wrong on the number one. I mean, I put OpenAI as number one company last year, but Amazon has so much invested in them, so they're pretty much part of Amazon in a way. Like Sam Altman went over to Microsoft. They're doing numbers. I don't think anybody just because these cloud numbers are um, that and the, these videos are very differently. Well, this video is talking way more positively of Microsoft. The last one was talking more negatively about the cloud numbers and the, the numbers that they were getting, um, revenue that they were getting and stuff like that. They the, the This is why we got to watch multiple sources. I'm getting very mixed um, reviews and stuff from multiple surfaces and sources. It might be because one, they're trying to point certain angles and stuff like that, get people to look at certain stuff a certain way, but... Uh, like there's more but because they're they're, doing now. they're about to get more into um based on what I see here uh more company stuff uh let's uh move out 
more. Let's finish what he's saying about them, this part, and then we're going to move well, on. They're just broadening out on the consumer and on the enterprise, gaining more and more strength. And you look at the numbers, the numbers are just... They're jaw-dropping. Jaw they're, they're truly, folks, from the scope and scale of this. Yep. I, I, to me, it's the Rockefeller. I think actually really strong when we saw from YouTube and, and a lot of their assets. I think the big thing on Alphabet is just what's happened in Google Cloud. You look at that, some of the parts, I mean, they're just starting to tap into that massive opportunity in the cloud. And we've talked about, well, my colleague Scott Devitt, that could add 30 to $40 per share to the, to the Google right. store. And I was, just hey, built. that's actually tough. That's that's nice. So um, this is like what all the companies are pretty much going through. Like the cloud is so important. Having more companies and stuff use your cloud is way more important. Having them data warehouses is so much important. You'd be surprised how important data sections of businesses and companies are to that actual company, especially how much revenue comes in and out based off of them and how much work comes off of it. Data is so influential and stuff. Talking from experience, as I'm telling you, it is very relevant and great based on what you can do with it and what co how companies are using it. And you can see why they invest so much money into it. Some, maybe more, they need to, but the Microsoft, Amazon, and uh, Google Alphabet, they their cloud infrastructures are good infrastructures. And one might be better to use than other for certain um, use cases and things like that. But you see it here. They said they missed on the ad revenue and things. Yeah. And they brought up YouTube some. Yeah. Every company has their downfalls and stuff. We really haven't talked about Google too, too much. We talked about them. They recently had layoffs for um, certain positions and things like the voice echo thing and a few other stuff, the augmented reality thing. But they're moving towards different directions and things. Microsoft has layoffs in their gaming division. So all these companies that worth trillions of dollars, they going through certain um, hoops and stuff. And we're going to dive more into Google because there's more information on this than just what this uh, video is stating. Well, real, real simple here. Apple tomorrow, Oof. Amazon tomorrow. What do you expect? Look, New York City cab drivers bearish on Apple. And you can see right here. <clears throat> Even Apple has a cloud infrastructure. Like people on their phones, you pay for how much cloud space to upload your photos and stuff. Like you really have to sit here and think about all the use cases for everything and how stuff is used in that case because these companies all have their cloud infrastructures that are worth the most amount of money. And you can see here, nine billion. 9 billion revenue for their cloud stuff alone. Mind you, they have a bunch of other money coming from everywhere else if they're worth, um, Google's worth a little over a trillion, uh, what we both saw, but that's a big chunk. That's almost, it, it's almost 10% of what their worth is, is strictly in the cloud. And this is, Mind you, it's worse. It's more than that, actually, because this is only for Q4. So the fourth quarter of last year, they estimated to get just under nine, and they got just over nine, revenue-wise. So their estimates, they probably paying it, playing it safe. They know how much they're gonna get. But so actually, it's worth more than that if they're getting nine each. Um, yeah, that's almost thirty. 36 billion dollars a year just for their cloud infrastructure that's a lot of money that's a lot of money if that's q4 and if it's nine consistently if they average nine billion dollars a year and say their worth or whatever is 1.3 trillion it's almost it's almost i'm not giving exact numbers but almost 25 percent, almost a quarter of what it, this stuff comes from their cloud base alone that's how much data is worth. That is how much data is worth. So all these layoffs, whether people are talking about, hey, look for jobs in this and this and whatever, you're losing jobs for this. Guess what jobs aren't going nowhere? Data. Jobs in data. They not going nowhere. They need you. They need you help build their pipelines. They need you to do a bunch of stuff. 
And they seem like one of the more secure ones, especially if you bring in a coder of the revenue to the company. Especially if you had Google. You had Google. Google. That data go crazy. There. Their cloud environment is going crazy. Q4 alone. You know, in, ter in terms of units and everything. And I think China's actually been relatively stable. I think that's going to be a breath of fresh air from Cook and Cupertino on units, on services. And on Amazon, and the big story is going to be the, the I'll call it a mini turnaround that they're seeing on e-commerce as well as cloud. We're going to look at the end of this week and say big tech's delivering. These knee-jerk reactions I view as kind of uh, table scraps. All right, Dan. So, I mean, I think, you know, the big thing for Apple is China. So just give us a sense how you think that's going to be play out or how you think Tim Cook's going to frame that out uh, tomorrow night. I think he's going to talk about demand's been relatively stable. There are some pockets of weakness, Huawei competition, but overall the upgrade opportunities in the ASPs look strong in the region. I mean, it's our view that units show growth this year. The street's now baking in, I'd say, 5 to 10% decline. So if you start to hear that from Cook, along with services, double-digit growth, you look what's happened to free cash, what Keen always talks about. I mean, you start to now get a stock that should be closer to 250 rather than, you know, right. 180. I got 30 seconds, Dan Ice. Use of cash. When do they get off their butt? <laughs> Sweeney wants. So, this is another thing. And mind you, I'm changing this background, the, not the video background thing uh, that's around. I got new ones. Don't worry. Uh, it's a new month. We got it. Put in some new stuff. Almost didn't get to it, but after this today, tonight, mind myself, I'm, I'm gonna get to it. But um, it's funny because I saw somebody else's uh, live stream video and they were talking about Apple and this headline right here that says the iPhone demand is dropping. I can believe it. This, this one person, I was watching her live stream and they were talking about, I don't want to give out any names or anything because I, I don't want to be like, I seem like I'm attacking him or anything like that because I'm just saying from what I basically heard and now what there's, these people are saying, he, he made it on a, a chord that people typically stay with their phones that they keep. Uh, the phones that they get. And I think that is true to a point. To a fault. I think it's true to a fault. I think in America, when somebody gets an Android phone or gets an Apple phone, if you're not somebody who's really big on tech and things like that, you typically are going to stay with your um, your phone carrier, the person, the system that you're normally used to. So if you're used to iOS, you're going to stick with Apple and things like that. If you got Apple, you always grew up with Apple, you're going to typically stick with an iPhone. But this is why he said China. Do you know how many phone companies are popular out in the Asian countries and things like that? There's so many different phones. I, I haven't even touched the iceberg of those companies. There's I I probably should do that because in this year alone, we talked about Samsung. Look at all the good phones that they just came out with that I'm looking to get into one of them. And so I can have one of each and see how which one I like better and things like that. But that's what... That's just what life is right now, man. Like, oh, gosh. <clears throat> like that, their demand's going down. Their demand is going down. And he just said, instead of them being worth 180, it should be, should be 50. We didn't look up Apple, mind you. So Apple's almost worth as much as Microsoft. Uh, they're actually really close to Microsoft. And they were talking about they're worth 180 a share and based on um what are you saying? He's saying it'd be something more like 50. I don't think Apple will ever drop out there unless they split the share prices out and create more shares and things. But um Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. These are things that I just like. This is the first time I'm hearing like these people talk. I, I can't take their word as honor and everything like that on 
what they're saying, but that's just what what I'm thinking. Like Apple does a good job overall. I don't think the iPhones are ever going to really truly die out. They're they're always going to be popular, and they just released a Vision Pro. They got a new product, and when they come out with new generations of that, it's going to increase even more revenue for them. So I'm not worried about it. Raise a dividend. And just on that note, we're we're just going to go to the next thing, but. This is more on Google and Alphabet about their cloud growth. This this whole segment is just about cloud growth. That things they all tie into it, each other together. You can, I just want to see. It's better to look at more perspectives and hear it from more people's mouths how the market is doing, so you guys can see what's really going on out here. How many of you guys are really known about cloud growth and things? Um, and know what the cloud truly is and how the cloud is being used and things. Nobody, I feel like most people aren't aware of this. So we have three videos alone today just talking about it and it's amazing. And apparently their cloud growth was amazing last year. But they're pleased. Let's see what they're going to be doing better. Alphabet earnings are out. The shares are down. And just moments ago, President, CIO, and CFO Ruth Porat spoke with Bloomberg Technology co-host Ed Ludlow. Ed joining us right now. Ed, what did she say? Well, the market's clearly zeroed in on this idea that the search ad business uh, missed estimates, right? And the stock's down significantly after hours. She, it's basically what she didn't say. She said there was no specific geographic weakness. She talked about them seeing growth in YouTube as well as search, but wouldn't say kind of relative, I guess, to the streets estimates what, what, where the weak part was. What's so interesting here is, you know, you guys can see the commentary um, they're, they're zeroed in on the cloud, and we did not send a hot headline on this, but if you look at the top line, cloud did beat expectations, but from an operating income perspective, cloud operating income basically came in double what the street was looking for. And what Porat had to say about that in particular is, yeah, there's a generative AI contribution here, but on a more macro perspective that I found interesting, she said that every single industry sector that buys cloud from Google is showing strength right now, which is kind of a change from the language we had toward the end of last year. Absolutely, because cloud was the weak point uh, of the last earnings report, and it seems like uh, it's gotten back on. And we know those numbers are real from the last video because they just showed them right here. Where they look, numbers are the same exact numbers. So we know those numbers are real. Um, track, whereas the ad sales was something that investors are really zeroing in on right now. Um, Romain had made a good point earlier, which was that for the, these big tech companies, 2023 was really about cost cuts and getting their margins back to where they wanted to be. Did Ruth Parr say anything about cost cuts and expenses and what back to where they wanted to be? Did companies, 2023 on, was really on. about cost cuts and getting their margins back to where This is what I was trying to look at. Fourth quarter rep ad revenue. And look. They didn't even show the numbers for ad revenue in the last video. They didn't show it. This is this is what I'm talking about where we have to see multiple stuff. We have to see multiple stuff about this because they said that they weren't happy about the ad revenue or whatever. And there's reasons why it's down. It's still, <laughs> for Google, it's still $65 billion in the fourth quarter. And they pay a lot. They pay a lot of money to YouTubers in the fourth quarter. Like December, I heard YouTubers, they, they love December. They be putting out videos like crazy because of the ad revenue and stuff from December. Because it goes crazy. And that's, that's, yo, they got their hand in everything. Where they want it to be. Did Ruth Parrott say anything about cost cuts and expenses and what um, efficiencies look like in 2024? Yes, that basically the plan is to reallocate talent within the company to higher growth areas. And that will, of course, include AI and AI's contributions to the cloud. If you think back to 12 months ago, uh, Alphabet or Google did layoffs, frankly, in one fell swoop. But the strategy this time is around has been to do it on a team by team basis. And what she explained to me on the phone is that the product managers look at the resources that they have and they know what their targets are in those areas where things are growing highly so the pace of hiring will reflect 
A, focus on the areas we know are growing more, we'll hire there, slow hiring in the areas where there is less growth, but also this reallocation, in other words, moving top engineering talent from one place to another, or focusing any spending on getting the best talent in AI, which as you guys just heard from your last guest, they're not just dealing with their public market peers, the private market is out there in force offering big salaries yeah. for yeah. top engineering yeah. talent right now. Yeah, it's a good reminder. Ed Ludlow, Bloomberg Tech. So, that's pretty smart. I, I, I actually like that. One thing <clears throat> that I like the most about it is, hold on, let me, okay, just making sure that's not relevant to, um, one, the one thing that I like the most about that is because they're making these changes and additions within the company. Everything is united as we can say um they're they're moving people around they're not exactly taking layoffs and firing a bunch of people they're just straight moving them to be better this is something that company are we talking about right now there's so many companies going on we're talking about alphabet yeah they just did their layoffs um and the news we covered it about their layoffs as well too some while ago uh early in the year we covered it and that video did good but I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm definitely in favor of them moving those people around rather than just letting them go so that they can keep their talent. Uh, that's just a very smart move to be able to find out how to move somebody else elsewhere rather than. Ooh, I just found out more news. Um, we'll cover next week, but. Rather than go out and try to just hire more people. Because when you hire more people, what do you got to do? You got to pay them more. That people are coming to look for more money when they switch jobs. In most cases, they're looking to find more money. They are. That's one thing. Two, they're they not loyal to the company. Because they come in from somewhere else. They're not new to the company. They're new to the company. If somebody's in the company already. They're most likely going to be loyal to the company. And stay even longer. Especially like, hey, I didn't fire you. I could have laid you guys off. And we're just going to move you and things. They might feel more appreciative of that. Who knows uh, about that whole ordeal and stuff. But that's definitely smart being able to keep everybody in-house still and try to move them around appropriately. That's a good way of thinking about it uh, in a way that I would personally think about it. Another thing that they brought up at the very end of that is as we wrap up this whole cloud engineering and cloud-based news, they talked about how generative AI is putting such a great rise on the profits of these cloud systems. And I said that about Microsoft with OpenAI things. Like, of course, these other companies have generative AI going into their companies, which is also pumping it up, pumping up their numbers and their revenue and things of that accord. And all these companies have it. They, they all have it. That's all that they've been working on in the last year. And they're going to continue working on it. So definitely expect their numbers to be up from that too. So just everybody has to keep that in mind. It, they're leveraging these things in their own ways. And each one of them have their own AI platform. Dang near every company has their own AI platform now. Especially they have their own cloud warehouses. Google and Alpha, slash Alphabet. And they have their own bot. It's not as good as ChatGPT though. It's nowhere near as good. Um, there was a bunch of stuff going on about their bot. That was wild. Uh, that It was just wild, I believe it was. Or was it Bing? It was Bing. It was Bing, my fault. But I, I still don't think um, Google's bot is as good as ChatGPT is at all. So, I mean, that's a bit about it for the cloud information. We have more stuff talking about a judge voiding Elon Musk's uh, Tesla pay package of $55 billion. Voided. Just like that. I didn't tune in yet. I did know about this pay package when it first came out some time ago uh, when it was brought up. And then there's a bunch of other news around this and whatnot. But what can you say? I mean, $55 billion is a lot. As you see, but I say that, but Alphabet on their own ad revenue was more than that in just one quarter. So... 
what what is a crazy amount of money at these days like when you're comparing these companies to each other what is a crazy amount of money if they're all working in the billions of dollars every quarter what would be a crazy number for to see for them being up top or making a crazy move or push and stuff let me know in the comments what you think that may be but without further ado before we dive into this episode don't forget to like comment subscribe help out the algorithm and stuff and let's just dive into this and figure out what they talking about for elon because he might be going through it a judge has voided elon musk's 55 billion dollar tesla pay package we want to go now to bloomberg technology co-host ed ludlow in san francisco ed what else can you tell us well, in the first instance, Tesla shares are down significantly in the aftermarket, more than 2%. What shareholders alleged in their suit is that Tesla's board and its directors did not act with impartiality when setting the $55 billion uh, compensation, which is a, a, a historic record for any compensation package for a publicly traded CEO. Yeah. And the judge in this case, Kathleen St. Jude McCormick, is agreeing with that in the sense that investors had to go hunting to clarify whether or not there were conflicts of interest in the apportioning of that that reward and as you can see the market paying attention when Musk took the, the stand to basically defend his position in that compensation he said well I had nothing to do with it I don't set my own pay so how could there be any leverage that the board would put over me or me over the board uh, which is what the the conflict of interest in question uh, the concern was yeah. about mm. so how much how much we did this for all the other companies but we didn't do this for tesla let me just see this so yeah tesla's a little more than halfway there to all the other companies and things and they they do a lot of stuff with data as well too um So they use uh Tesla uses AWS. And this this is one of the reasons why I said Microsoft's not a, a top all the time. Like you have a half a trillion dollar company using AWS's cloud program. Like this is where all the money is coming from. Like companies like this and things like that. Uh, if you didn't check, because since I do break these episodes up, if you'd want to know what I'm talking about, check out the cloud information episode that I was just talking about. Because you're going to get way more details around what I'm talking about as far as like cloud storage and things like that. But if you're in this episode, you know what I'm talking about. If you just watch this episode straight, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what we're here for. It's to <laughs> talk about this Elon mess. But they said, I guess they, I guess they were trying to say it's a conflict of interest for them to try to get this pay package set up because, and he was like, oh, I don't pay for my own I don't set my pay and things like that. It's kind of tragic. <laughs> it's crazy that it was struck down by a Delaware judge because a shareholder said that it was excessive. So $55 billion does seem like it is excessive for sure. Um, I would believe i would need to know more about what this pay package was being used for so i can make more informative decision we're gonna see we're gonna find out together don't fake nothing around here don't fake nothing doesn't have it look it up on google what was the pay package all right toss that out blah 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 open a new conversation granted by the ev oh yeah so <laughs> this is just 
Uh, yeah, I'm continuing without that. So, <laughs> it might have been excessive. I can kind of see how this may be excessive. Um, this is just from one of the quick articles that I found around the pay package. It's just basically is 2018 compensation package. Uh, and that's how much he was supposed to get paid. And it was based on giving him like 12% the stake of the automaker so and how much they made and 1% of their outstanding shares. So that's how much that he would receive since he doesn't get paid a salary. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I have to know how much, like, all right, let's see something. Uh, what is Mark Zuckerberg's salary? Okay, yeah, so... Apparently, him not getting paid a salary is a common thing. I looked up Mark Zuckerberg, and they said that he gets... But here's here's the difference. Here's the difference. So, uh, let's, show, let's show the news. Let's show this real quick. So, he gets paid a salary of a dollar a year. That's his salary. One dollar. Elon Musk doesn't get paid a salary at all. But he made it to where he could get certain percentages of everything to make a certain amount of money. In 2021, he received $27 million. That was his pay in 2021. That was his compensation for however it was. he was meant to be paid for being a shareholder of his company. And that's how much he received as, as far as being that. And Meta... And Meta's worth 1.2 trillion. So what Meta's worth double what Tesla is worth, and Mark Zuckerberg is getting paid $27 million. Now I can see why he wasn't gonna get paid $55 billion and why he threw it, they threw it out and said it was excessive. Now I can see why the shareholder was like, ah nah, you don't need this. You don't need that. Because if you look at it there, here, another company that is thriving way better than your company right now, their owner, founder, only gets paid $27 million, and you think you're going to get paid $55 billion? $55 billion. That is wild. That is nuts. I can't believe it at all. Um, it's almost highway robbery. Like, that is wild. That is so crazy, yo, that he was trying to get paid that much. That I, And and one of his shareholders blew the whistle on him and said, yeah, you don't need this, man. You got other companies that's paying you. Because he got he has SpaceX. He has um, Twitter. Twitter's a mess, though. Twitter's a mess. Uh, he calls it X now. But... That's that is wild. That is fully wild. I, I can see why they've thrown that out now. I can see why they've thrown that out. Alright, now we have and if you guys like the whole let's look up stuff and learn stuff together, get further information on stuff, let me know because I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I, I want to be more knowledgeable. I want to be able to dig deeper into what these news reporters are saying. And speaking of deals and money getting thrown out. Amazon has a deal that's going to get thrown out as well, too. Or are they dropping it for their robot deal? You know, there's been a lot of incidents with robots recently. We've covered them on the channel. Tesla's recently had a robot incident. A bunch of companies are going through them. They are going through these robots. And what we're going to do before we dive into this, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, help out the algorithm. It re I really appreciate it all. But let's just hear what they have to say. What did Amazon outline in their regulatory filing? 
Hi, Ed. Well, good to join you here from Brussels this afternoon. Yes, indeed, we were just days away from a potential European Union veto over this $1.4 billion acquisition from Amazon. The news was really that last week Amazon had held a meeting with EU Commission officials and the EU had signalled that it was its intention to block the deal. There was a deadline of February the 14th for the EU to come to a decision, but Amazon seems to have jumped the gun now and decided that it's not worth risking that negative publicity from the European Commission and it's withdrawn from the acquisition. And of course, we've heard from Margaret Vestia before about concerns surrounding big M&A deals, about where they take issue. Just take a listen to what she told the show a few weeks ago. In any merger, um, it is so that if we have concerns, it is for uh, the businesses either to uh, address these concerns by debunking them or by addressing them by coming up with remedies that will solve the problem. And if a company say we will not come up with remedies, well, then, of course, we expect that they have good arguments that our concerns uh, should not be sustained. Uh, and we are still in the process of assessing uh, our concerns uh, compared to, to a situation where we do not have a remedy to the concerns that we have, uh, have drawn up. Sam, it was interesting. We were just talking to Anthony Noto. He used to be the head of TMT, investment banking co-head over at... Where she dives in more. They, uh, they are completely blocking that or trying to because of fair... Uh, what's it called? What's it called? I'm blanking. Where one company can't go completely over the market to where it's not fair compete anymore. Fair compete clause or something like that. Um, I believe that's what it. I believe that's what it's all tied to and stuff. But that is wild. That is wild. They was trying to, and I mean it makes sense. You you don't want to have one company just in control of the whole world because they could just buy out every company that exists out there and just run the world themselves and just all the money flows through them and things like that so there's definitely some reason that they're going through it and i bet you the eu was just like making it too much trouble for them they're probably losing more money than what it was worth going through and it was causing more problems so they ended up dropping them uh, as a whole and now i believe when you try to make acquisitions you do still leave lose some money because I believe a company may have to put some type of money down or whatever, but they just dropped it entirely. So I wonder how much of a hit they took because of this whole deal that didn't happen. Because I know companies, when acquisitions don't go the right way, they do take a hit of some kind and some stuff does happen. So, I mean, we'll see. Goldman, he's now, of course, CEO of SoFi, but he was saying, look, deals that aren't getting done are largely because there's buyer's remorse. It's not so much that deals can't get done. From your perspective in the Brussels, do you think that's true? Yeah, I think to a certain extent, absolutely. I mean, in cases such as Amazon iRobot, the European Commission really needed something almost symbolic to say that it could rubber stamp this deal and give it the green light. And as we heard from Margareta Vestager just there, it clearly wanted some sort of a remedy to be filed in this case. The deadline for that remedy passed a couple of weeks ago, and Amazon, in fact, offered nothing to appease those original concerns from the European Commission when it said back in November that this deal could result in a distortion of competitions on the market for robot vacuum cleaners and also result in higher prices for consumers. So Amazon decided not to come forward with an olive branch or any form of concession in this case. And really from that point on, the deal was doomed. Now going forward, it creates a lot of uncertainty in the boardrooms regarding these large technology mergers. Um, this isn't the first time uh, that companies have withdrawn from a potential deal after getting intense regulatory scrutiny. You may recall recently that Adobe walked away from their $20 billion merger with Figma after getting similar uh, scrutiny over that deal. And indeed, they had to pay a one billion dollar walk away fee in that case for this time amazon's fee is a bit cheaper it's just 94 million dollars but uh, i'm sure it's not much lunch money at least so to piggyback on that last video and stuff uh how to kind of redo it lost audio and things so i have to talk basically off of memory and things and fix it but 
basically what they were talking about is of uh, two things. And I have two things to really talk about uh, based off the news that they were giving us is one, Amazon just didn't want to give the good enough reasonings to why they wanted to acquire this new business. And it was, and then it, I believe they were probably just like, it's too much trouble to try to acquire this company. They're asking for too much. We don't want to give it uh, things. And a lot of people, a lot of the EU was worried about how competition would stake based on if they acquired them and they needed good reasonings for it and they just weren't applying it. So they ended up dropping it, I believe, because they just don't want to deal with the hassle. But one thing that we should highlight and realize is failing to acquire a company hurts. Like it hurts so much. You lose so much money. Uh, one thing that we were talking about uh, last year, and even they brought it up right here, is when Adobe tried to acquire Figma. And that was a multi, multi-billion dollar acquisition and Adobe lost billions of dollars still because of it. And they and they brought it up there. Like in this case, Amazon's going to be losing $94 million compared off of a $1.4 billion acquisition. That's just how much they're eating off of it. Mind you, Amazon's a trillion dollar company at evaluation. They just made billions of dollars in the fourth quarter, I'm sure. But still it, it still hurts any company they're giant yeah they might be chump change and stuff to them but it's it still hurts because making acquisitions is how you build up like look at microsoft they're worth over three trillion dollars and they're expecting to be four or five trillion soon that's you know how much they acquired last year alone their gaming division grew so much yeah they did layoffs but they bought activision blizzard they bought all of these companies to help build that up for them because they were lacking in the department at a certain point and they keep adding to it they keep adding to it they're so efficient with it and things like that and this is something amazon tried to do to become even more of a behemoth that they already were so it's a hit man so talking from experience and seeing stuff like that go down and acquisitions go down and corporate companies and things it, it can make a hit it can make a big hit into a company if they can't fully acquire a business and stuff. And speaking of like competition not being right and things, we actually have good competition that I want to kind of go over being the whole AMD stuff. We ended the last week's video. If you haven't watched it, go watch it with AMD. And we're going to begin, we're going to end this video with AMD too because AI chips, I'm telling you, there's a market for it. And I wanted to show another perspective based on their new releases that market so we're gonna dive into this video about how amd is going to give nvidia a run for their money and pretty much come up to them because they're pretty much nvidia's only competitor right now and things so before we dive into this don't forget to subscribe like comment and share it all helps out the algorithm really appreciate it but let's hear what they have to say I want to start with AMD because there's been so much talk about chips uh, and who was going to benefit from the chip race. We already know NVIDIA is, at least for right now, the king of the hill. AMD, there are a lot of people felt that AMD could maybe close that gap with NVIDIA. I I'm curious as to what you make of today's report and more importantly, some of the forward guidance. They have the best shot to compete with NVIDIA of all the other people in the race. I think AMD really does have with their new MI300 chip they announced last quarter, the best shot to give NVIDIA a run for their money. The weak guidance for next quarter, I mean, we just had Intel uh, give a relatively, I would say, weak outlook and some weak commentary just a week ago. So maybe this shouldn't be surprising. We're really not gonna see a huge ramp, most importantly, in that MI300 AI accelerator chip uh, in the next quarter or so. So I don't think that that commentary is necessarily bad for the AI story. Mm -hmm. What I think will make or break the stock kind of for the rest of after hours is how they talk about the ramp for that chip later in the year. Well, that's what I'm curious about, too. And, and, and it gets to a broader question, Doug, about whether investors still kind of have that same enthusiasm right now for AI the way they did a year ago when it really kind of uh, came into the public zeitgeist. 
I think they do. I mean, you look at a lot of these large cap tech stocks coming into the year. AMD, I think, was up almost 25% year to date just in the last month. Uh, NVIDIA was up even more than that last time I checked year to date. So I still think that people are getting on board with this AI theme. Um, I think the question coming into this earnings, given the run that all these stocks have had, is will the earnings support some of the run? Will we get beats that maybe let people continue to just be unabatedly excited? And I think the answer with some of these quarters so far was, you know, maybe it's time to pump the brakes a little bit, but I doubt that that's going to be the end of the AI excitement. So one thing that I can agree with a hundred times, AMD is close second. They're, they're based on what we just went over. We just went over all of that stuff about um, last week, how all the things that they're releasing, we this year we've been going over the need for the AI chips and stuff about how Sam Altman is starting his own chip thing to help out because there's a demand for it, especially making them in the US. And, you know, I feel like AMD and NVIDIA are like a different boat. So Microsoft has a lot invested in OpenAI and ChatGPT. So Sam Altman, I believe he's trying to make a system kind of like how Apple does where they're making their own chips all in-house. They're doing a lot of stuff all in-house, so their profit margins are even greater. That's what I believe that they're focusing on and that where they're moving towards. And the one thing that AMD and NVIDIA have, everywhere else, all these other companies aren't doing that. All these other companies aren't doing it in-house stuff, so there's a need for all of them to go out and grab these stuff from these companies. And AMD is going to continue to grow. It's going to go grow crazy and they do have a possibility they might have a chance at catching nvidia there's a there's always a chance there's always a chance there's their chance is better than everybody else's how things are going and like investing in either one of them uh it's like uh i don't know yet I, i'm still doing both but i'm mainly still investing more into nvidia because they're number one right now they're the ones that are up there amd's making strides they've really shown competition and things and it's quite impressive like you have to understand how impressive it is to be able to see stuff like that and be able to get it and just be this is why i like doing this man it like i wasn't i wasn't aware of all this stuff um back in the day when i wasn't doing this podcast and this freaking camera is blowing me sometimes and i'm about to get another one but back in the day if I wasn't doing this podcast. I wasn't learning all the stuff about AI chips and things. Mind you, AI is becoming more prevalent this year when I started doing the podcast, but it wasn't, it was not, wasn't prevalent all the way back there with knowing me knowing, having to know all these different chips that are inside of these, this technology and stuff. I can now sit down with somebody who has no clue what any of this stuff does and give them more insight and um, advice and tell them what the stuff does and be knowledgeable what's inside of products and things like that and how technology is growing, where the stuff's coming from, how things are being built up. And, and one thing that I did, hopefully this um doesn't leave me blurry for the rest of the, the episode, uh, for real, but... I want to we did it a bunch of times with every other company while um this camera fixed better um they're worth one Nvidia is worth 1.73 trillion dollars. And they were showing a bunch of uh, the makings that AMD made. Just they said quarter alone, they're already past a billion uh, revenue that they're estimating or that they've gotten AMD worth. So they're a lot smaller. They're a lot. They're so much more smaller than NVIDIA. I think NVIDIA's at $700 a share. Intel's at 42. They're a lot smaller than NVIDIA, but they they have the best chance because if you look at these other tech companies, 
Let's um let's do Intel now next. Look, look, go ahead, um hundred eighty billion. Almost a little more than half or less than AMD is. Uh I think another one is ASML. They're a little bit more worth than AMD, but AMD's making way more strides. Dang, nine hundred dollars a share. But AMD's making way better progress overall. Way better progress overall than um, all their other competitors are. And it's it's just amazing what they're able to do. Uh, sorry again about the camera blurring out and stuff like that. You know, this is just going to get better as time goes. We're going to get better tools, better equipment and things. Mind you, this is the second month, the beginning of the second month of doing live video. So there's a lot still got to figure out and things, but... Yeah, AMD has the best shot based on what's going out and what's getting released now. Um, thank you guys all for tuning into this episode. Let me know if you have any questions or any comments or about anything. Advice is always taken wisely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you guys have another wonderful week. And I'll see you guys next week. You know, same time, same place. See you guys. Peace.